And we're live. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm hearing an echo. Let me mute myself. There we go. I'm still working on this. I'm still, I still need an actual checklist that I actually follow. <laughs> I don't take my own advice. It's kind of terrible. Um, okay. Hi, everyone. This is going to be episode number, what are we at? 14 right now? 15. How is this 15? Why do my notes say 14? Okay. I'm, I'm, we had some rather strange confusion <laughs> with some missing data. I think part of the problem is at one point, Minion copying stuff over to a hard drive for us to communicate, copied, Didn't like exist. made a symbolic link, made a link instead of copying. I the data. did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. I caught it a couple of times. So we'll, we'll, I'll pay attention to that and see if, see if may, that may or may not be the actual issue. I'm not sure. Um, at any rate. Well, I know for a fact that this is on track because the only time updated is when we're actually do streaming. Th that's true. So that that's so that's going to be your job from from now on. Um, is is being the same? Okay. Well, being uh, you at least being helpful, kind of. Whatever. I'll, my my notes have a weird gap because of reasons. I end up having um, you know, like beaches deposit layers of sand and that turns into a certain kind of rock over however many tens of thousands of years so i got layers of notes and i decided to just keep the old notes and append to them or prepend to them in a, a text file as i'm going and it helps me kind of organize my thoughts and stuff like that and i have the opportunity of keeping my old stuff around so i'm thinking okay well i'll add a date to that and add an episode number to that and that process is uh it's ongoing. It's going to be a little bit better from now on, but it's ongoing. So um, that will be an interesting look into into stuff from the past. It's not going to be particularly useful, but I mean, for my own notes, it means I can like control F and be like, did I talk about this already? And, and kind of see when it's not exactly appropriate. It's not exactly useful, but it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a layer of sand. Um, I guess, um, do we do we want to talk and get over like get it over with talk about the the nerd stuff with the new graphic stuff like do you want to open with that because that's kind of fresh on your mind uh not not right now okay later on i got food in front of me oh, and right. i can't i can't i can't talk <laughs> are you going to actually be done by segment two you take so long when you eat it's ridiculous <laughs> This is a, uh probably it's it'll be cold but you'll finish it during the break in 50 minutes sure sounds good so okay so i guess the first thing i want to talk about is i had the idea of breaking this show into different segments and kind of having a bit of focus within each segment so it's a little bit predictable just a little bit and it, it'll it'll vary a lot because i vary a lot and so the idea is still good, but a lot of things, a lot of ideas on paper um, will sound good, but if implemented are absolute train wrecks. And uh, what's the old, the old military phrase is something like, um, like, um, no plan survives an encounter with the enemy, something like this. Uh, but there's, so there's the idea of having an interesting on paper, a philosophy, a thing. And it may or may not actually work out that way. So I had the idea of, of breaking things into segments. We've been working on having third segment be administrivia, and maybe we're doing too much of that. 
because there but there's still a lot of exciting interesting things to talk about a lot of new things and so uh, of course that's going to take longer than it will later on once once we actually figure out what we're doing um but for this first segment i was thinking of, of pretty much settling into a pretty reasonable uh i think i'm reasonably strong at communicating stuff that would be called in some sense um like self-improvement tends to be the word that gets used and the thing about self-improvement is there has been quite a history of it being a topic of it being something that people have written on have spoken on there's the notion of a motivational speaker and the thing and i i don't know maybe that's that popular so the thing about okay so the thing about freedom is freedom and the idea of a free market when it is forced to be free because it doesn't stay free ever because people people will naturally gravitate towards the kind of corruption of colluding with one another or the monopolistic tendencies or the like it just goes it goes bad so if there's a structure in place that actually forces people to play nice so in the open market of of people being able to have to write books or to be able to do speaking or right in an open market where people can be can present self-improvement quote-unquote um it it has it exists it exists now and that exists because of market pressures right it exists because there's a demand for it or they've made a demand for it and you can you can make the argument that all of everybody's tricked into thinking that self-improvement is actually a good idea you can make that argument you'll be wrong but you can make the argument and so it's like okay well and there's a kind of pushback against the notion you, you could say against it's like saying that a person is weak because they ask for help it's a very masculine perspective and it's kind of a it's a leftover from like tens of thousands of years ago it's just kind of embedded and you can make a commentary on it being embedded into our particular culture or embedded like you can make some arguments and those are amusing to pursue but why where that that doesn't actually matter in reality so we know that we have a free market and these things arose to fulfill a need and there is this resistance to that and it it's possibly either a resistance it's like there there are just those kinds of people that are just negative and maybe they they either um think less of other people who are pursuing uh, improvement or uh, they want to think highly of themselves and don't want to admit that they themselves need well could get could get improvement externally let's say because needing and asking for help is not the same as doing well and then looking for better because often a person will be doing okay and it's it's the 80 20 thing it's you'll be doing okay and but maybe what you're doing in life is you're doing 100 percent and filling 100 percent of the stuff that you want to do in life and that's that is that's the dream isn't it it's you set goals that you are capable of going after and you do go after and you do accomplish them and things aren't too far out of your reach and 
you know, you're not bored and you're not overwhelmed and blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's fine. But really the, and the thing is, uh, while that does work, there is still the opportunity of, even though you're doing well for everything, you don't have a problem that needs to be solved. So you don't really need to pursue. There's no notion of self-improvement. It, there's no obvious need. There's no market pressure for that kind of person to go out. So they might say, well, what is, I don't need that. Like, what is that? Why is that there? Blah, blah, blah. And usually these are people lacking the kind of uh, background or even just outright empathy to understand that 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 should be, um, that freedom should be granted to other people who want to pursue it. So a person who does, who fills their 100% can just go, oh, I don't understand. And, and yet there is an opportunity for that sort of person to withdraw from the 100-100, so from the 100 to 100, to pull back to get an 80% amount of effort to 100% amount of work to make themselves more efficient. Because often when you're working, you're working at 100%, you're, 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 it's not like, uh, I don't, people, people think of 100% as being stressful, but I'm trying to relay it as being 100% as being you bringing, bringing all of you to a, to your goals, to your tasks, to your responsibilities. And, but there's a, an opportunity to make that more efficient, to free up more of your spare time. And that is, if you can reach outside of that, actually it is quite stressful because now you need to be overworked. You need to push, push, which is why a lot of people who are doing well well enough don't want to pursue more because that's just that's more on their plate and they're doing just fine but the but try doing a little bit less <laughs> like doing worse at the stuff that are that's important to you but using that extra time that the sacrifice that's being made to optimize from the outside to take people's advice or i mean the sort of person that might find that 100 100 balance might not like the idea of taking advice like honestly they're doing well nobody has the like it's kind of sanctimonious to give somebody else advice when they're doing just great so the the sort of attitude that a person would like should take the sort of the sort of perspective that would be most useful is for them to themselves take advice not for them to listen to other people's advice per se, not necessarily, but for them to choose to go out and um, curate through the best of what they think is out there. For them to go looking for it. Not for them to go and like hire a personal motivator, not for them to buy um, these these motivate <laughs> these like books on tape kind of thing. That that was a th that was quite a thing. So this is like pre-internet 1980s literal cassette tapes that people would play in their car. And th this sort of person wouldn't do that kind of thing. They might reach out and they might make a spare time thing reading um, a slightly one of the books written by a great person or something like that. And they'd find inspiration or they'd they borrow a little bit. And the idea is to make that their normal 100% time more and more efficient or to define goals better, for example, because maybe 
somebody is wasting precious time doing one thing that they that they never really needed to do because they don't really value that as much as something else that they that they learn is fulfilling and that they learn their time would be better spent someplace else this is not wholly true so for example um there's the idea of sharpening the saw which is if you if you're a lumberjack so you use axes and saws we're talking old timey stuff we're talking like 1800s or whatever the heck and so you've got you've got lumberjacks out there and and let's say that you've got a pair of people with a saw and you've got two problems one is you can saw down tree after tree after tree we're going to say it's a realistic size tree and all this kind of stuff and that you only need a saw and you can and there's an amount of trees that you can saw down per day, let's say, because that's their job. That's all they do. And, and you can saw down a tree, but every single tree that they saw down is going to dull the blade. And so there's a, an efficiency problem where, well, at some point, when does that, when do the lumberjacks stop in order to sharpen the saw? But if they stop, then that act of sharpening actually takes away the time to that there could have been sawing down more trees and yet a sharper saw is more efficient is faster at cutting down more trees and at some point the saw has to be sharpened or it's not useful anymore so there's this weird problem where like in your life you could be you could be 100 percent competent and uh, and perfectly suited you don't need to go out you don't need to learn anymore you you know exactly what you want to do in life and yet there's an efficiency problem where you can you can be pedal to the metal on the thing that is best for you like somehow it's objectively best for you we'll, we'll just like magic that's true and you could be pursuing that but you have a saw problem where you can con continue pursuing that one that same thing we're not talking about one day here we're, we're talking about over the course of a person's day week their life where you can do that one thing and it is the correct thing for you and it's fulfilling and all that but you've got the blunting saw problem where at some point it's it becomes valuable for that valuable to improve efficiency for you to take a break and it sounds to people that are just highly driven and and actually can really soulfully feel that they're doing the right thing um it it's it it's a very strange perspective for them to think about not doing that as a way of making their future doing of that uh, more efficient so and this is the notion of, t of taking breaks, quote unquote, taking breaks. This is the notion of taking vacations. This is also the notion of, of doing the hummingbird thing between multiple tasks where uh, one is the well-defined, like quote unquote, primary task. So one is well-defined and others might be related. And maybe one of them is just for fun because you, you, you need to have some fun. And the act of having fun is kind of like the downtime to sharpen a saw. 
to make the rest of the stuff more efficient. So the, the notion of the 100% to 100% time where you've gotten, where you're always razor focused on a thing, uh, people are different for this, right? There, there are people who can really, they're kind of like psychopathic about that one thing that they want, that one pursuit. And there's no, for some reason, that sort of person happens to not need a break ever and or a rest. And there are people who they'll get like that under certain circumstances. Like it's easy to find programmers that can be like that, where they'll just forget to eat. They'll just stay up really late. I, I maintain that there are a lot of night owls that are kind of like this. They'll get into something and they have the ability to not need to sleep for just a little bit longer than other people and they'll suffer for it. They'll suffer for it tomorrow. Right. And the, and there will be problems with that, that superpower, so to speak. And so there's a, the notion of, of that being a possibility. And yet there is a kind of pathology in, in acting like that, where there is value that a person might not recognize in pausing and taking a break and doing something else. And so a person that's doing it, that is wholly focused on a thing would find advantage in not doing that thing 100% of the time, pulling back, dealing with the, like, there's a serious problem if you can't take a break. If you can't take a break, a break something is wrong. You've got something like the bus problem where you've got a person that's so important for a task that if that person wasn't available for a little bit, everything falls apart. A lot of businesses have this. A sole proprietorship, a small business, you know, with one person there, if that one person is hit by a bus, the business is gone, right? If, if they are sick for a day, the business shuts down for a day. And a lot of uh, medium-sized businesses, businesses get like that as well. And a lot of large businesses get dumb like that too, where they've got certain critical people that they've, they've put, they've given a hundred percent task to. And so it can't be migrated to somebody else because maybe they don't have another kind of person that can do all of that stuff. But if they gave that person only 80%, then that 80% is more likely to be doable by somebody, some other incredibly stressed secondary person, but at least they'll be able to kind of deal with it. And there's something like that where if a person is, is really doggedly pursuing one particular interest in, in their life, if, if, they don't have the ability, if things fall apart, if they pull back, that's a really big problem. So that's the first thing to study is if there's, if you are 100% busy with whatever the heck, if you can't pull back, there's some serious problems, probably priority problems. Like, um, like we, we get the impression of like a parent that's, that suddenly they've got no spare time because they've got kids, which is, you know, like that's pretty obvious. And, and they find themselves like completely overwhelmed. Well, as it turns out, it, they have to sacrifice their childhood, for example, to have their own children. So they can't go out and party that, that, that can't happen again, ever until they retire until, until their kids are adults. That just can't happen. That that's how life works. They have to now be adults. So it's not like, well, I can't find the time to go and binge watch on TV shows anymore. Well, yeah, sorry. You, you don't get that anymore. 
And so if a person is wholly overwhelmed and can't find that time to become more efficient, they, there has to be some sort of values audit to determine what things that they're doing really, really actually matter, like what things they can sacrifice for a little while at least, and then take that extra time, actually pursue self-improvement, because that's what I was talking about, actually pursue finding uh, not necessarily personalized advice, but uh, in listening to how other people solve their own problems, possibly similar pro problems, in learning how to reach out and learn the language of what they're doing, of what they're pursuing, what they want, in order to kind of refine their interests or refine their methods or whatever the heck. Um, and then that spare time that if they can pull, pull their efforts down to 80% and that 80% accomplishes all of that previous 100, if they can pull that off, now they've got 20% as playtime or as additional efficiency time or as the, so that's basically like having a vacation, having a little break inserted into every single day, even if it's scattered throughout, which is a, which is a bad idea, but there should be there should be moments in your day that are that are breaks that you identify as breaks and where it's okay and if you can't do that like if you're like pausing to pant for your breath and that's what happens throughout your day that's probably a big problem maybe what you need are scheduled breaks but schedules are tyrannical so but maybe what you need is to recognize natural lulls in what you're doing and declare it a break and make it okay and then do something else just whatever so if you decide one Sunday that I'm not doing anything on Sunday, therefore I'm going to clean my entire house. Yeah, right. So let's say you actually do it and it's late in the morning. You woke up early and you're really getting to it and you're, you're sweating. You've been vacuuming everything and you're really doing well. And you, you think, okay, well, I'm just going to take a break, take a breather, grab a snack, whatever, and then get right back to it. Well, that might be a disaster. You might not be able to finish the entire day. But if you declare, well, I'm going to take two hours in the afternoon and just like go chill out, be in my backyard, get some sun or just, you know, play with your cat. Like if you do something else and then make it okay. And then when you're done, you're like, okay, well, I've had, I've had a great break. Let's, uh, it gives you some pause to look back at your accomplishments so far. And that'll motivate you for the rest of the, the afternoon, for example. Um, a lot of people don't, they'll, they'll pursue and then pretend that they can actually complete a task without re really people will get guilty over big breaks and now the big problem is if you've got something that's a, a large let's call it a task and it's so large it spans multiple days some people will take entire days as breaks and that's a really big problem, especially if, if you take a break and you call it, like, oh, I'm going to take a break for a couple of hours and I'm going to play this awesome new video game or something like this. That's getting more common these days. If that's being done, then that could kind of like the net, night owl thing pressing into the evening, that, that fun, that vacation, valuable as it is, might be easily extended further than it ought to. And it might actually derail an entire day. Like, okay, well, I'll do groceries tomorrow because you know, it's a little bit late now. No problem. I'll, I'll need a break from all my stuff then anyway. And I'll, I'll just make it that and I'll make it a, you know, a different, but I'll make it a productive break. And that'll, that reasoning will fly in your head. But what should have happened is you should have been pretty adamant about stopping 
and actually accomplishing the groceries the previous day rather than make it a day about you know catching up in your favorite series or playing a game or even having friends over or whatever the heck it there are these uh taking a break can be too easy and usually that happens because you haven't had any of the smaller breaks you haven't recognized them as smaller breaks and just made it okay and so you've you've pursued doggedly this one thing until you've kind of burnt out declare a need for a break take a really good well-earned break and it is um but that break will uh, you need a lot more time to catch up than you might think so you might crash and burn uh rather than and it's better to to take small and allow yourself small breaks because you get a chance to uh, pause and consider everything that you've done and kind of congratulate yourself at any rate um, I don't like that there is this kind of like there's this culture that resists the notion that that kind of insults a person for wanting to think of the world in this way and it's like there's this negative connotation around the idea of self-improvement like why that's the one thing you never want to insult a person for pursuing especially if someone openly admits it it's well like that's that's awesome like it's not a, it's not a sign of failure for a person to say you know i could be better because that can't not be true that's that's always the case and it's it's weird because we we have the we have a lot of of tall children in the world and it's this ego of well when you're young it's okay for you to be ignorant for you to be stupid and because you don't know much well it's actually because your brain isn't really big enough but you learn a bunch and you learn a bunch and you're you're awkward and kind of awful at a lot of stuff and it's okay everybody else thinks it's okay too and then there's this assumption that adults are somehow competent <laughs> like that i don't understand that doesn't make any sense and for some reason it ends up being not okay for an adult to show like cracks for them to not be 100% competent about 100% of the things in their life always it's it's just a terrible i i think that that's really terrible i think we're getting a little bit more of a culture where um it so so we have a oh, how how social should i really get with this we got a it if you pay attention to certain corners of certain areas of the internet quote unquote the internet so if you find your dominant social area whatever it happens to be you will find little little um just how do i want to say it there is the very nervous explanation of frailty happening if you go look for it on the internet and a lot of it will get kind of laughed off or will get ignored or will but there you can say it's quote unquote the old cry for help kind of thing and some of it kind of is so for example if you go and you look at like an image board or if you go to a forum or like facebook or twitter or stuff like that facebook is more appropriate because you can have actual groups 
with actual people kind of surrounding uh, a topic, even if it's just that group of friends, the topic is their group. It's not necessarily a subject matter. You will occasionally find somebody kind of gently admitting things. And this is, I'm noticing this more and more, and I don't know if it's the the media, the, the medium being used. So the fact that there is better written language that's out there that people are using to convey this stuff, that people can use images and text now, maybe that is giving people the tools to talk about these things and that nothing else has changed. Maybe it's that there's more of that, like there's, there's a, an ever thickening fog of this, these problems that are happening. And that's why it's becoming more visible. Maybe it's like, maybe, I don't, I don't know, but it, it, but it's out there and there's this, and it's becoming more and more okay to, um, want to have a better kind of life. So one of the notions that I've seen most recently is the idea of quote unquote wholesome. And this, this has existed for a long time in Christian circles. And it was kind of, it has been called something of a joke because for, for people that aren't involved in that, I don't mean for non-Christians. I just mean people that aren't, aren't involved in that kind of perspective. Um, it might be seen as weak or inauthentic. That's my perspective. I don't like, I don't like when people are nice to me. It sounds very strange because it, it always seems insulting. It always seems childish. Um, I, I'm trying to mellow out in my old age. I'm trying to appreciate that somebody's trying. I just, I just don't like it. I still don't like it. And, um, I'm trying to not think less of people that are like that, but it's, I can understand if a person's in, if that's part of their job. So it's hard, but I try not to see being served at a bar as being flirtatious. That's re that's really difficult for me. Um, and I also try to see a person being nice in sales as not being, um, kind of, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the word condescending something like this. I'm trying to not think negatively. So this is a person doing their job or, or whatnot. And in sales. Yeah. in sales it's, it is inauthentic. That personality you get from somebody trying to sell you something. It's not necessarily that they're trying to, um, like there is psychological trickery that happens in sales that you might be naturally resistant to. So if a person is nice because they're trying to make you their friend so they can take your money, like there is a natural kind of self-defense mechanism that happens in the customer or the, the proposed customer. So that happens. Um, and, uh, losing my train of thought. Okay. So, so th that problem exists, but there is the notion of wholesome that has survived the ridicule that these like the Christian Minecraft server, that's, that's kind of a joke slash meme, but that's a thing. And, uh, the, the wholesome concept has survived that ridicule and has creeped more and become more and more acceptable by people that are not part of that. Let's call it a community, that perspective. And it's becoming more and more acceptable to have it 
and not to ridicule it, to just be like, okay, well, this is a thing. It's a thing and I'll let it be. I don't, I don't want to participate. I don't really understand. So more and more people are kind of like that and just leaving it alone rather than what used to be people would just dogpile and make fun of it, which has probably done a lot of harm to a lot of people. So one example is the idea of a wholesome Discord server, like a wholesome gaming server or a wholesome chat server, this kind of stuff. And we're getting more and more of that because of the social distancing is um, utterly destroying personalities out there. It's ruining people and it's probably driving a lot of people to bad ends, like really, really bad stuff that is hard for people to talk about, which is, which is all understood really well understood by professionals and it's completely predictable but it's being done anyway by policies from people who care about votes but not about people and so we've got a lot of people that are withdrawing and coming together sometimes being sometimes it's there's just that kind of person that so there's a phrase called the den mother which is it's just that that friend is has the mom and it's the mom that has everybody come over and it's everybody's mom so you go over for lunch and it's everybody's mom so mom like like has a welcoming environment and and it's it's authentic it might be very difficult for some people but it, it's an it's an actual authentic mom and with the mom kind of experience and it's okay and that's just the environment you go to that's like you would relax. You won't go. You, you don't need to go and have lunch in the school cafeteria where it's it might be stressful for whatever reason. You just you just go and you go to the den and everything's cool. There's the idea of like that, and there's the equivalent of a den mother or a den father or what have you that's running the Discord server. That's like an ear for everybody to to go to 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 chat with, where because there are some people that have rather. Like they don't have an outlet. That's why they go there in the first place. And not only do they not have an outlet, they're also not articulate enough to go and, and figure out what, like how to get help, for example, how to calm their mind. Um, some people like just will, will, they'll make a meme, a, a cry for help meme and just put it out there on an image board. Be like, you know, I'm... <laughs> You know, I don't want to get depressing, but there's quite a lot of stuff out there with quite a lot of, of people that are like this, that, you know, have their issues that are now, they, for example, they're stuck at home and that's the last place they want to be. Like there are people who, who would rather be at school for as long as possible, for as often as possible, rather than be at home because school is better for all kinds of reasons. And so they don't have an outlet. They don't have a not home experience anymore. And so they come to these Discord servers, for example, and they've got the, the, the den administrator and they've got a lot of other people who are there awkwardly for their own various reasons, none of whom really, like, they're all complete strangers, but they have a kind of common thread. It's not a common goal or anything like that because they're all individuals, but there's the general rule of, of do no harm, so to speak. And sometimes some people, okay, well, yeah, okay, so I'll be really heavy. Okay, I'll be really heavy. And then I'll probably have to take a break. Okay, so Robin Williams, he was a comedian. 
Now he was a he was. Um, I I don't know how to put it. Okay, he he was a name that a lot of people knew, whether or not they appreciated his humor. Um, he was a stand-up comedian. He got into movies, so some people knew him from way before. Some people knew him from television because he was on Mork and Mindy. Um, some people knew him from different movies that he had been in, and he was he had a great range and. He had a kind of authenticity throughout all of his work. So he's kind of like, I'm, I'm, he would take it as a compliment. Okay, so, so Keanu Reeves is very much like that. So where there, you could see all of his work and it's just, it's Keanu in that. Even though there's like a, there's a, a role being played, it's still Keanu. I used to insult that actor as an actor not as a person i used to insult him as being a terrible actor because all he could play is keanu reeves in that role which is actually true which i'd say that to his face i think he'd probably agree with me um you hope but... he agrees with you sorry actually yeah he would agree with you never mind just like he, he's just that authentic and that maybe that's just the roles he get he gets into but there's the idea of the everyman in a movie where you kind of want to have a gray individual playing a certain role so that the audience members can project themselves into that role and appreciate the movie way more fiercely. So the fact that he's the fact that it's Keanu Reeves playing John Wick <laughs> lets everybody who likes dogs throw themselves into that role and be like, I would totally act like that too, and they'd enjoy it. And you could go through all of his roles and you could see it, it. It's just, it's like he's swappable throughout all of his movies. You could swap the same, um, the same actor out. It's, it's a little weird like that. And he's, he's had heavier roles and lighter roles, funnier roles. He's doing the action. I hate his current stuff, but whatever. Um, what? I thought they were pretty good. No, it's awful. And you have bad taste and you should feel bad. The new John Wicks are just awful. Just terrible. Sad face. Um, I don't care if I make enemies for that. I'll fight you. Yeah, it was... It was, uh, it was bad. Um, so, uh, Robin Williams has been much like that. He's he's had... He has a massive range he, throughout his career. Careers, uh, I guess I should say, because you know, TV and movies and stand-up, they're very... I mean, they're presenting, so they they're they map over, but they are quite different. And yet, when you're seeing any of those things, you could pause for a moment and you can see Robin Williams there, right? You, you the character is there, but you could also see Robin Williams. There's a few other actors like you can say, well, Samuel L. Jackson is like that, and oh, you can say, etc. And and you'll be right if you think about it, but often with great acting that just falls away and you get invested into things and you, you believe the character. Um, so, so Robin Williams had, there's a, there's a quote of his, and it's one of these quotes where if you, if you read it and you, and you understood things, you could now look back in time and see it as a massive cry for help. Um, there, there literally would not be any help for him because of biological reasons, but he went something like, and I'll paraphrase it, um, that, um, 
some people, they, they want to make other people happy because that's the way they themselves become happy. And something like that exists in one of these wholesome circumstances, like a wholesome Discord server where you've got a bunch of, of variously broken people. They've got something that's really bothering them in life. And it might just be personal or social. It might be circumstantial. It might be whatever. And nobody knows because nobody's really talking about that. And they all come to this, this one place. And, and the one thing is they don't really know how to articulate or really don't want to articulate their own unique thing, but they kind of want to help one another. And they kind of want to help one another because that's kind of the way they can, can get a little bit of happiness for themselves as well. It's something like, um, soccer moms, right? Soccer moms where, or some other equivalent where if they, they help another person get happier, they themselves get to vicariously experience that. And so there's a kind of togetherness that has started happening in different corners of the internet, very much like a, there, there's the notion of the sad clown who puts on the makeup and makes the children happy that, and it helps them. And they, they go, they go home, they take off the makeup and they're the little less bad than yesterday because they've done their best and they've, at least they've made somebody else happier. They've made, they've helped somebody else's life. They've, they've done that, that kind of thing. There are people that are kind of like that. They will pursue a certain activity because, because they get fulfillment out of, of how a person has improved. And a lot of parents, so the soccer mom thing, a lot of parents kind of are like that because nobody's ready to become a parent. And that partly that's because the grandparents aren't involved well enough in helping raise their child. Because at least a grandparent kind of knows what's going on and can and can actually physically help so the parent can like can actually go out on a weekend with to have a date with their spouse for example um and uh so they they kind of their life is thrown into disarray and they will uh, that parent will come back uh will will hover over their child's life to make their child's life as 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 unlike the negativity in their own childhood uh, as possible. They will, they will try to make up for all the mistakes their own parents made. Or for example, um, they'll, they'll work and they will eat poorly themselves so that their, their child has a better diet than they did when they were growing up. That's a really common one. And the other is um, they will work so that their child will be the first in their family to go to college. There's a lot of that that happens. It's it perhaps very difficult these days. And because it's, it's extremely difficult for um, a generational problem of poverty to, to help. There's a lot of things have to come together to actually help one child to come out of that. And so in some sense, the parents will will work together and they will invest that and have their hopes and get their fulfillment from the improvement that they contribute to in their child. There is a kind of fulfillment that parents get 
in seeing their child grow up into a competent adult. And so that's, uh, and that, that's actually kind of dangerous because there's a problem in the first place that never gets addressed. There's a problem in the parent that acts like that, that will never be addressed. So you get a problem that particularly women, so particularly mothers have a problem called empty nest syndrome, which is they have kids, they raise them, they love them legitimately, but those kids grow up and those kids end up growing up, becoming successful, as successful as they helped make them. And then more, and they become an adult, they become free from those needs, they, they become greater than the things that built them, right? They got help, right? But they, they, they grew wings and they flew away. They started their own family, they you know, moved away, they got a job, they got their own place, etc., etc. All these things happen. And then the parent, only then, after 18, 20 years, right? Only after a couple of decades, does it, does it occur at some soulful level to a parent that, that they're alone, that they're now alone, that that thing, that they've actually been investing into that thing, and that there was this, this, uh, what did I call it earlier? This return that happened from their child, where they were, they were finding this kind of happiness vicariously through their child, and now it's gone. Like that's the victory condition, and now for the fallout from victory, they get this kind of depression that happens, and there's. There's a lot of that that's out there and you'll find, you'll find a lot of people with pets as a very terrible substitute for a, for a child, uh, especially from people that don't have children in the first place, they'll, they'll get a pet there. There's the old, I mean, we make fun of it, but the cat lady concept, it's a thing. It's a thing. We shouldn't make fun of it as a start and we shouldn't necessarily think of it as being negative either because I like cats. I think everybody should have, well, I think certain kinds of people should have cat, <laughs> um, but not more than, not more than two. Uh, it depends on their circumstances. Right. Um, and what is it? I want to say it's something like, I want to say it's something like Japan where it's actually illegal to have only one hamster. Is it because they're really so highly social and they kind of need to come in pairs. Um, so cats are kind of, are much the same, I think, but having had single cats, uh, I don't think it's particularly true, but they do need you. If you if you can't be around at home, then that's a problem. Anyway, we're coming up on a break and that was, that was a little bit too heavy, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll come back. We'll be back in about, uh, what is it? 12 minutes at this point. Um, do we have minion? Do we actually have break music yet? Uh, we do. Do you want to try that? Yeah, I guess. Okay, well, let's give that a shot and come back in about 12 minutes. I'll see you guys then. And we're back. Are we? Are we now? Hmm. I got distracted. <laughs> Where am I? It's dark in here. I, like, tapped. I clicked on random stuff and I kind of got lost. Okay, where's my moderator panel? How do you click? Wait, what? I was I was actually like looking at the other podcasts that are out there just to see what's there, see what the on Twitch or the selection from Twitch is. <laughs> yeah, as 
so this is a lesson to learn. Okay, so this is this is kind of administrivia, but this is a lesson to learn. So we've got a we we have a bot in our channel. I, I look up the bots sometimes just to see what see what they're like, see how things are presented. You know, doing the stuff that Minion should be doing. And this uh, this one guy here, um, he's he's got a a donation button, and I'm like, okay, well. I want to see what service gets used for a donation. So I'm checking that out. And it's like, uh-oh, we were unable to find this broadcaster. Like, okay, you're going to ask for donations? You make sure it works, <laughs> by the way. And if you lose access to that service, you figure out where you've pasted that link and you fix it. This is one of the reasons why you have, um, you don't have links to your services. You have uh, you have redirect links that you control that redirect out to whatever is contemporary. So you don't have to update everything everywhere. You just update stuff on your short URL. And I actually have a short URL service that I use for my stuff. And so I know I understand the technology. I understand how to set, set all that up. So theoretically, we could have like, uh, like link.lucidindifference.com slash like donate for example and that would always point to like maybe it, maybe it'll start with patreon maybe we'll like smarten up and stop using patreon and go to like subscribe star or maybe we'll stop and we'll go to and maybe that it'll they, just go to a different page and like did we, you see patreon lose a lawsuit no like what happened Drama. they lost a big one really good i don't like them <laughs> they were jerks like they mess with a lot of people's money because they wanted to change policies without thinking very hard. So tell me about this. I <laughs> practice, man. Practice. I don't remember much of it. But I remember Patreon losing and oh wow. They yeah. So this is an American company, yeah. So was it like a group? Um, what are they called in America? Group lawsuit of some sort. Class action. Ah, that's it. Right. So was it something like that that a bunch of of users got together, or was it something else? Either I want to say they lost, but now I don't remember. All I know is remembers Patreon getting getting sued, and it could have been. It was a big thing. It was mentioned about a few a month ago. Okay, but they're still going, so I guess it's not as bad as it could be. So whatever, they recovered. Not a big deal. Yeah, they, I mean, they changed their pricing strategy. They changed the, the donation limit. They Limit? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, some of their terms of service got changed and it's it's really vague. I don't like having terms, terms of service that are vague at all. And when there are alternatives, I just won't use services that are like that. It's it's um, chain of dependencies, right? If you've got dependencies that don't have well-defined legal, well, just don't have like you, you are subject to certain terms when you use a private company service. If they decide they want to have paperwork and have you go, yes, I agree. If you look at that stuff, you're subject to that stuff. If so, if you have your business that that relies on that. And the bedrock of reliance is on that legalese, and that legalese is no good. Your your entire business is is 
going to hinge on the sanity of that agreement. And so if that sanity just goes, then your entire business is at risk. And it's, it's just a lot of people like YouTube demonetization and advertising and stuff like that. A lot of people, quote unquote businesses, you know, sole proprietorships or whatever are dependent on just YouTube because they don't know how to diversify, for example. And YouTube will change their terms of service. And now suddenly all these places are vulnerable and they'll think, well, I'm not the tall blade of grass. I won't get cut down. And, and they do, they get just quietly muted and nobody will help them because they're little or they're big and they get cut down and lots and lots of fuss may or may not get made and places people have been kicked off. So I don't like the idea of, of holding onto services with strange legalese and Patreon has had some strange legalese like, so I would never depend on them as the sole source of revenue for donations, for example. As funding um, there should be multiple ones multiple places so um, something else so do you want do you want to talk about the graphics graphics card stuff now give us lots of time we can except I don't know much about tech okay well I know the hardware side of things I, I know guess. plenty so I can probably fill in some of the blanks but, all the blanks. Well, yeah, all those blanks. No, not really. I mean, it's not my, it's not my industry. Um, I've, I've never kept up on video cards because my. Okay, so I guess first some background is, um, what's the name of the company? Is it Nvidia? It's not Nvidia, is it? Yes. Okay, so it's Nvidia it that was doing the presentation of the video that I saw. Yes. Okay, so... If you check the link and go up a bit. Okay, so NVIDIA brought out a new new line of video cards. So first thing, I don't have expertise. And the reason I don't have expertise is because um, I have... So it's always been a money issue as a start. It's been a money slash priority issue. I have this weird habit of spending my money on other stuff without quite realizing that I could spend it on something like improving certain aspects of my computer, which is really strange for a person who's been a tech for a long time for me to not quite recognize that I could spend my money on my tech. And part of that is because I have, my hobby has often been really, really deeply, um, deeply planted in very, what is called old school technology. And uh, that was a long time ago since I actually cared, since I actually had any of this as a hobby. And I've learned to let go more and more and more and, uh, and just kind of have it as it, cause it's not really useful. So I've, I've started mellowing out and it's just kind of interesting and I do things to solve my own problems, but then I, um, I actually do stuff. So tinkering with the circumstances of, of, of writing is not as important as writing. Okay. So. I lack expertise in a lot of graphics cards because I simply have not cared and maybe I should have. And the other is I have, I declared myself as having uh, the priority of having a low heat computer, low heat and low noise. Cause these have always bothered me. So right now I, I bought, I, I spent a lot of money buying a new computer and really, really future proofing it. And it doesn't make sound. I can't hear it. I can be in a quiet room. I can't hear my computer. 
And this is, uh, this is an accomplishment that I didn't know I could do at this level. Because most of the time it would be a pretty low powered computer. It would be small, it would be another class of computer would be able to do that. But this is a full desktop computer and I can, and, it, and it's just wonderful. It is. And to be able to accomplish stuff like that, it requires a graphics card, which in my case, I don't have a fan on my graphics card. It does not exist. I've had other, uh, I, my previous video card, I actually modified to remove the VAT structure and actually put on my own heat sinking stuff. And, but you can't do that with contemporary high-end video cards. It's just not a thing anymore. So they will generate a lot of heat and they will, um, they will require a lot of power and they will make a lot of noise, a lot. And for the first time that I've known is these guys, NVIDIA, are finally talking about sound. And most of the time when video cards talk about sound, they say, well, our video cards have fan technology where it throttles down, it slows the, the speed of the fans. So if you're not using it at its, at its maximum potential, it goes quieter, which is fine. But most of the time you're going to push it pretty hard when you're playing a video game. And I don't want to hear my graphics card when I'm playing a video game. Not necessarily, especially when I play a video game, but ever under any circumstance, I just don't want to hear it. And besides that, there's an efficiency problem, a power efficiency problem where you get a lot of heat generated because it uses a lot of power. And okay, so the combination of that stuff usually means that I require a kind of awkward lower end technology that has these things in mind. Often it's made for a different kind of use case, not for gaming. So when people think about video cards, they think about gaming. And, um, and so I've, I've never, I've never cared. I've always been a couple of generations behind. And so NVIDIA is talking about, about like they're using they're using uh, misleading numbers. Oh, this is uh, 10 times less the sound of our previous generation of like, come on guys, that's like, they're not saying everything that needs to be said for me to understand what that means. So, but at least it appears that they are trying to make things quieter so I can finally be interested. But yeah, I'm, I'm totally, I totally don't understand any, they're throwing a bunch of numbers. I just don't care. I don't understand. Um, but there is one thing I want to talk about later. I want to talk about the changes in memory. Good Lord. I've been waiting for this to happen. I didn't think humans would be able to do this anytime soon, but it's really nice. So I'm going to make a note of that. Okay. So first minion, let's talk about the software side of things and the game side of things. So I'm pretty sure I know why you're interested in this card. So well, I need a new card, but do you want to do you want to get any of these three cards? So these are the thirty, seventy, thirty, eighty, and thirty ninety. Uh, probably thirty eighty. I think the one in between. Yeah, thirty eighty. The one that's in between. I think. Yes, it is. That's because eight is between seven and nine. That's good. People have weird naming schemes. I know they've been pretty consistent for several major generations. Now they have, but I. I think it was uh, Intel where they, it's either Intel or AMD CPUs where the, where the naming scheme just went all over the place. Yeah, it was a real problem. And when they have inconsistent, 
when they have inconsistent naming schemes, they kind of compete with themselves. <laughs> people don't understand. Have you seen? I, I know I've given it to other people, but Tom's Hardware has had a, it's actually annoying to find now, but there have been several like, uh, you end up with a table of comparison between different video cards. And it's just a scattering between like mobile cards and discrete cards, which is the separate standalone card that you slot into a case and built in CPU graphics cards, which is phenomenal technology. Really it is. So if you're doing basic gaming, you don't even need a graphics card anymore. If your motherboard has a graphics adapter, you probably have fine graphics. You can probably play World of Warcraft, for example. You can do all kinds of stuff. Um, and, but to try to understand which generation of what you need to get at what, and then trying to understand prices, like good luck. So they need to like draw all this crap out. But Nvidia has been sorting their stuff out and just having like numbers that make sense. So now, now it's as weird as like, okay, well, do I want to get a 970 or a 1070? Okay, well, 1070 is bigger, but do I want to get a, a 970 Ti versus a 1070? It's like, ah, oh, I don't understand. So I think they're really trying to hammer this this latest achievement. Um, they're, they actually, in their presentation, compared to their older cards as well to justify completely obsoleting those older cards. Um, and they even, they even oh, what was the phrase that got used? Oh man, I can't remember, but they used a slight amount of marketing speak that, that, that where they admitted that they wanted their old customers to actually upgrade, to, to actually help them justify the upgrade because it was so hard before. Because you could get away, you could do a whole lot with some of the older cards. And so they were demonstrating that these new cards absolutely blew away everything else. And even their lowest end card, the new card, was better than the great stuff from the previous generation. Um, they were really pushing to explain that. And I think they did a great job. So, so you, you showed it. So you showed it to me. You showed this video to me. I did watch it in its entirety. Why would you show that to me? <laughs> you wanted to talk about it? You upset I thought it just seemed interesting. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, and the few and the um, software side of things seemed great. Well, yeah. Um, as I said, the the problems in technology and computing are far less in hardware than they are in software, and the graphics card stuff demonstrates that better than they probably realize it. So yes, they've made massive hardware leaps, which I totally want to get into, but they also put in, they also cooked in uh, a, a sort of artificial intelligence into the, the way the graphics card thinks about how it draws things. And so people want to throw around the term AI. So first off, if you're using the, the term AI, please use a font that's correct for that so it doesn't like your doesn't look like you're using al hey we have advanced al in our card and uh so they've got they've got ai that helps that essentially upscales so they do they do a really interesting trick where they're actually rendering things out in lower quality than you than previous generations would put out and then they're using AI tricks to actually upscale it. 
So they're using, and they're using all of these to specialize in what they're good at. All these different components all chained together, working in a coordinated manner, as opposed to, as opposed to one, one, uh, like let's call it like one rendering engine, all doing all the stuff, and then right at the end of that chain of stuff, outputting it. They've got like a coordinated handful of things all working together each one of those things specialized in different sorts of things and it gets stitched out at the end and that's how it gets painted. So it's some really wonderful technology. Um, but what's fascinating is they specifically mentioned something like destiny 2, explicit support by name. And that's, um, I don't know that I should be excited, but I'm curious to know what will happen with, I mean, this is existing games where the games actually, no, that makes kind of sense now. Um, destiny's well, from the trailer of their new they had a stream a while ago and they up and they showcased stuff that was going to be brought out in November oh new tech so they're adding so now with um you have a new subclass oh you're harnessing the power of darkness oh a far, fourth one yeah but it's essentially the power you're harnessing the power of darkness I could be wrong, but you're essentially harnessing the power of darkness, and you're transforming it, and you're, and visually it's ice. Okay. So there's more stuff on screen and more processing power, I guess. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know. Wow, I can hear the car outside with one of these bases just thumping away, and it's actually getting picked up by my mic. So I have to clean that crap out. I don't think so. Oh wow, this is bad. Oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to I don't call see the it cops on your on these end. guys. What? I don't see it on your end. Well, I'm right near it, and you're elsewhere. So no, the base isn't. I'm essentially up. Hmm. I think we're roughly the exact distance away. We are not because I've got a window pointing right at the road. It's going right. So do I. And I got my window pointing right at them. No, but you've got a you've got a house in the way. Hang on, let me look at him physically. You can't see it from your window. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it is on a kind of an angle for both of us. I don't know if you can hear me. Hang on. Yeah, it is on an angle from both of us, and uh, it's just my microphone can pick it up. It's not quite pointed at that noise, but jeez, that's bad. Yeah. So, I actually. Uh, Spoiler, I've been looking at doing soundproofing and I don't think I can do anything against these uh, these base mobiles, these obnoxious jerks with their car stereos. Just sounds like crap. Anyhow, what were we talking about? So you're excited in terms of software to see what, what games look prettier? Mm, I don't think I can really tell the difference. Or at least I don't have an, I don't enough think... care to tell the difference. Well, I have bad eyes anyway. So they're like, oh, we can game on 8K now. Well, I, I, I barely have 1080p vision, so I, I don't understand. <laughs> That's nice. But so maybe it'll be, be better ruining my eyes. But I'm not like, I, you have to get a new monitor, right? So, so what? So I don't care. But I do care about having the features, the, the more realistic features available at least on your low quote unquote lower resolution display. 
and having it all be really crisp because you don't necessarily need to have like, um, you don't need to have a higher resolution to make it look better. That's not necessarily the problem. The problem is making sure that everything is painted finely enough that it can be seen well, because you still get fuzziness on like a, um, a 1080p monitor and that fuzziness could be cleaned up quite a lot. So I think there, there will be, they should have first leveraged describing the differences in qualities much better. They did their marble thing, which I, I don't fully understand because I didn't know what the original looked like. So it just looked, it was very strange to me the way they presented it. It was pretty and all the end result was pretty and all, but, um, it would be nice if they like really, okay. So what developers need to do if they're doing something visual is actually show the real world with the real world objects for realsies and actually film that with high quality cameras and show it and then do their rendered version of that stuff and show that this is the photorealistic well and like okay well i guess but if you actually show the actual film of actual objects i can look and i can see the difference and i know they won't match perfectly because um they'll they'll try to you know line up every object in their in their rendered version of stuff and their uh, their game version of stuff and it's not going to all line up and match and blah 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 but I need to get the general idea. I need to get the general idea well enough for them to get, convey that. And they didn't, they didn't try. They didn't do that. Certainly. Nobody's ever really thought of that. Now it's possible. Now when they're talking photorealistic, they don't have to just show me the, the gameplay and have me go, yeah, okay. I, I'll take your word that that's rendered on the fly, I guess, which is, which tends to be too much of a lie. Um, now they can actually show me the real world now they can show me stuff and they didn't do that which is a shame because that really would have helped um so i so there's still an advantage in in all kinds of stuff in and the different light sources and the different the photorealism that can still be um well displayed on a 1080p screen because there's a difference on a 1080p screen if you get a really really nice beautiful blu-ray 1080p will there's blu-ray and there's blu-ray and there's you know there's dvd and there's right so you can do 480p dvd 720p 1080 and then there's different variations of quality that can exist and you can get better quality on 1080p really really good quality on 1080p so there needed to have also been an argument that people don't need to upgrade their monitor because that might be some of the perception so their, their presentation was imperfect, was significantly imperfect. Like right now, I'm not sold. I don't care. Um, I don't care because I don't understand what I'm going to get. And I don't care because I don't know what games, most games just aren't very good. So I'm not sure what I would want. Like Destiny 2 is the game I play because it's, well, it's free to play now. And I'm still salty about having paid for it twice. Um, but it's still something I have to pay for. And so the game has to itself be so good that it would justify me also buying an amazing video card like wow six oh yeah so it's a little bit painful um so i mean so you are interested in 
buying like a 1080, like the mid-range version of stuff? I need a new graphics card. This is like four generations behind, and every now and then my computer's blue screens due to some graphics issue, due to due to a hardware, due to something being outdated. But everything's been updated. So, and I remember you talking about this. So, have, and I'm assuming it's a graphics card. Well, because everything else is brand new. Oh, okay. So then, if you've okay, well. If if having a quote unquote old graphics card alone is enough of a a reason for a lot of people, um, the the fact that it's going to be like it's going to uh, it's going to justify itself because it is going to be a higher quality card. It's not just a replacement. It's not a a drop in replacement for what you've got. It is better. So it is it is nice that it exists. I presume that the price is going to drop but it's probably going to take a long time to drop because you can imagine that there are all kinds of of uh bitcoin miners and stuff like that that are going to just buy as many of these as possible that was the problem with what 1080 ti's or something like that up in that range (laughs) there was a major shortage so gamers wanted it but couldn't get it um so i don't know if that's going to exist for this card uh, it probably will. They were really smart to have released this thing right now, as soon as possible, because global economics is going to be like really strange, like right away. So they want to sell off and make the money while money actually has value, because I would expect there will be inflation, and there probably will be something like hyperinflation over a lot of places. And what they'll do, they'll just throw up their hands and declare that cryptocurrency is the way to solve this hyperinflation when it was just bad economic policies. However necessary you want to argue they were. Um, So these guys bringing out their graphics card now and selling it hard now while people have money or they think they have money and before the value of money goes down, they're doing the right thing. So they may or may not have the capacity to sell as much as the demand, but that's probably a good thing because um, things are going to get complicated depending on how they're yeah depending depending hopefully they learn from their previous lessons so you're thinking about a 3080 and what do you have now you've got in the 1000 range don't you no 960 or 970 really Oof. <laughs> i think it's still better than what i have i've got a 1030 and it's uh it is phenomenal it's actually got functionality for doing shadow play and uh, I never really tinkered with it, but that would let me do like zero CPU use screencasting. So for streaming, theoretically speaking, but I don't know anything that really supports it. I never got into streaming well enough. It tends to not really be a problem anyway. I'm not doing anything that's CPU bound. So streaming doesn't detract from what I do, but it's nice to have the functionality kind of in there, I guess. Plus it requires no additional power cord and it has no fans. So, I mean, it is absolutely godlike. And no moving parts means the moving parts aren't going to wear out. So, there you go. Um, I had a previous card whose fan wore out, and I didn't know it. <laughs> and so when uh, graphics acceleration failed, I couldn't figure it out. But it turns out it just couldn't cool itself fast enough to justify, to, like, deal with graphics acceleration. So the graphics acceleration part, like, kind of, like, burnt out somehow so it couldn't do that stuff anymore 
but it was a regular it's still a regular card it's it's in a box somewhere around here i keep my old parts i mean i moved one time and i decided not to bring any of my my old junk my entire computer room junk which i gave it to somebody who was still into like that the old school side of stuff and uh but i'm collecting it all again oh it's such a bad habit I'm probably going to purge all my stuff one more time as soon as I get either a replacement laptop or one of these. Uh, I've got some other computing things that I'm looking at, and then I'm more or less done for life. I need something simple for writing. I need something portable, and I need something silent and cold in my room. And if if this if either this podcast or this or streaming or something kicks off, then I'd have a specialized thing for that. And I probably wouldn't boot that up for any other reason. And because I'd have to have, maybe I'd get portable air conditioning or an air conditioner in my window or something to, to deal with all that mess and like have the headphones and maybe get the branded chair and all this garbage. Um, but, but that's not something that would not be my daily driver for most things. That's I probably, be, yeah, it would be a hell computer to use unless I did certain magical things with it. Anyhow, so... So I, we normally have multiple computers these days anyway. I happen to have one extra, like 300, 300 Canadian dollar laptop um, that is absolutely incredible. But I need to crack open and see if I can upgrade. Cause it's, it's, but it's a wonderful, it's a little work of art. It's a little Fisher-Price laptop. And I'm not going to turn my uh, mobile phone into a computer because mobile phones can't, they're trash. They can't do this kind of stuff. Um, but we'll see because I can put Linux on it. I figured out how at any rate. So you're thinking of doing this upgrade and, um, I think this, so the 1090 is only purchasable at a certain date from them. And it's like probably going to cost a good, what, 1600 Canadian or something like that. So that's kind of a lot. And the next one down, I can't remember its pricing. But uh, it's a it's a lot less, and the little one is like five hundred US. So what is that like? The little one's like four five hundred. The next one up is uh, eight, seven eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's, I mean, that's that's going to stay a reasonable price, because I think all the Bitcoin miner types will be buying the. They it depends. It depends on if they're smart. If they're smart, it's a, it's a it's a balance between how much power is being used and how much they can get out of the card. And I don't even know if these cards, because the AI stuff and all that, who knows if, if it's going to be appropriate for for mining, right? It probably is. I think that was briefly mentioned, but I don't know. I, so we'll see how that works. There's no way that it wouldn't be, because it's still using process power to think. and. Hmm. Well, yeah, okay, it's using better hardware, so that alone should be good enough. But all this wacky AI-related stuff may not be, may not be an advantage because it's not like rendering is actually done in the, the Bitcoin farming type stuff. It's just uh, they're using the hardware to do the math, and yeah, that's a little different. So, I but yeah, I think they hopefully they will all go for the 1090 and that price can just stay ridiculously inflated and the mid range will be reasonable for, for sane gamers. So I suppose if you want to invest in that, then that is awesome. And, um, I don't, 
Let's see. Do we, do we want to talk about our internet connection? Because <laughs> streaming that... I mean, you could stream at 1080p, but 60 frames a second is kind of challenging. And that's really what you need for good streaming. Mm. I had explored... Um, I think I was exploring 720p, 60 frames a second streaming, which I think is acceptable. Um, but I was streaming like old school games. I I totally want to do that. I totally want to just go through my Steam library and start streaming everything. One after the other, one day after another, and just spend spend eight hours solid playing, just torturing myself with some terrible old game. And unless it's some awful indie game that actually doesn't have replayability, then... You know, I'll play I'll play one game a day hard, unless it's a really good game that I love that that actually takes longer. Um, then I'll I'll play that for however long I play that until I finish it, I guess. And and yeah, just but the problem with a lot of this stuff is you start out with nobody and you start out with nothing and sometimes ha and there's something called moral support, which is having other people visible. Having other people interacting actually is a motivator for a creator. And it's not, so it's not necessarily a money thing, although that's, that's a wonderful idea. That is a lie to think that anything can bring an income these days. Um, but, but having a little bit of encouragement in that way is, is very helpful, which is why this podcast needs to be, be cleaned up a lot faster so that it is actually presentable. I think probably our next major challenge is I'll just put myself on the camera and we'll see what happens, because that's probably going to get a few views. Um, and but you need to do more, because I can't do everything. It's really getting difficult, and not having moral support makes it really difficult. You know, I was thinking of doing make. Or I was thinking of uh, what doing or pulling out a clip somewhere. What? You mean you want to help with the clipping stuff? Yes. Doable. I'd have to show you some of the workflow. Um, not actually, like, technically all of that should be your responsibility, technically. But, um, I mean, that's something for you for later. Right now, there is really no, that's not useful at all. Because I'm listening to all of it and just making breaks and building clips anyway. It's kind of cooked into the process. So there's no idea, there's no concept of getting help. It, it can't happen. So, um, I mean, going and understanding the market and knowing how to do the, the descriptions and the titles and working on title cards or opening up other accounts elsewhere or working on multicasting OBS to be live in four places at once. I mean, these are all things that can be done that would... Um, I don't know that they would improve anything, but they would they would open up the market, and and it's possible that something would be more interesting that would come up from elsewhere. So, those are stuff you can do. So, if you need help building a to do list, and you actually want to spend like an afternoon a week actually doing stuff, then that would be useful. It's been since what late uh, June, I think, is when we started. Late June, May, um, with some of our pre tests. I have no idea. And um, and we're here. And so it's been a long time. It's been you know, 15 episodes now. And I think now... I've, I think I did it wrong and I split one show up improperly. But we've got, what, seven, 
seven or so pre-shows. I think six left that I have to go through and upload, which is probably not happening anytime soon because I'm way behind uploading previous shows. Previ these previous live streams are supposed to be uploaded to YouTube, but haven't been, which is a real big problem because that's the other way to get people at any rate. So let me talk about other stuff, I suppose. Um, I joked about having multiple web browsers and I was not, I wasn't joking. I wasn't actually joking, right? So I've got, got three, I had six different web browsers. Um, technically seven if you count M Microsoft Edge, which you shouldn't. And uh, so I finally went through and I finally, finally got rid of Chrome because uh, I had that for a while because you need to have Chrome because YouTube has specifically sabotaged uh, its value with other web browsers. So, uh, which, I mean, it's supposed to be, this kind of stuff is supposed to be illegal, but whatever. And so I've, uh, but I use Brave and I use Brave just because it's got a little bit more it's a little bit more focused as a privacy browser. Uh, it's got a, more ad blocking. It's got, and it's got ad sharing concepts, which I'm still kind of tinkering with, but I don't really use Brave full time anyway. So I don't particularly care, but I do have it, you know, trickle out and I get, I get paid every once in a while, which is kind of nice. Um, and, uh, oh, I should probably put my phone to, to airplane mode. <laughs> So I'm not disturbed in the middle of the show. Oops. This is me. This is me thinking. Okay. So, so I got rid of Chrome and, you know, I exported the bookmarks and imported them into Brave because Brave is just a, because Chrome is, some of it is open source. The Chromium core of the web browser is open source. So Brave takes that, rebuilds it, cooks in their stuff, releases a web browser. A few web browsers do this which is fine, but Chrome has some fundamental limitations because uh, Google doesn't know how to build an uh, like an interface properly. So some of the hotkeys are just wrong or they're missing. So I want to like right click and press C to copy a link, but no, you can't do that. Why? Shrug, who knows? So that's a problem that needs to be solved. I can't use it full time because of things like that. It's just bad. So I got one tool that helps me, one add-on that helps me move tabs around a little bit easier because I need to do that because I need to organize my tabs with my keyboard. I can't be clicking my mouse. I don't want to have to reach for it constantly. And so that's been, that problem has been solved now that it works in Brave and I found another hotkey manager and you know I'll look through and I'll consider it, but it would be really nice to have it as my regular surfing thing, but man... The way it, the way it does bookmarks is just bad and the way, but, but, um, they, and it's just kind of being reimagined. There is this idea called Brave Sync and it kind of exists in other browsers. The idea is, okay, look, you've got, not everybody has one anymore, but, but I've got a desktop and I have a phone. I actually, you know, you could have multiple computers. Maybe you've got a tablet. And, and you have, you browse on each of them a little bit separately. And you've got to log into your account for on this device, on that device, on this device. And you've got to do that account after account after account for all this stuff. And it's obnoxious. And so, and you, you surf on all of them kind of separately. And it's kind of this detached experience, which I think is important. I really do. However, you might surf for something, you, 
so for example i was upstairs just before we started i was looking at because uh, uh, i need bacon and so i was looking at well maybe i can dehydrate bacon so i can just make a whole lot up front so i was researching that on my phone but that doesn't help me because i need that knowledge on my desktop for the actual to open a project to go do more research because i want a real keyboard and a real screen and all this kind of stuff and that we don't I'm looking into what it would take to dock my phone because this sort of thing is just kind of getting better. But until I get to that stage, I'll migrate everything to my desktop. Now I have the ability to kind of like plug my phone in and there's some limitations on how I can interact with my, the storage on my phone and blah, de, blah, de, blah. That's terrible. So there's sync, there's sync software that exists, but there's one cooked into Brave. It's nice. I know there's one cooked into Firefox. Is there not? And so what what I'm able to do is just have the sync going on in the background so I can share bookmarks or share browsing history, right? Share all that stuff, which is um, really, really useful if, because I don't use Brave for anything particularly interesting, um, but I will do, do it for some basic research more and more before I migrate it into another web browser for actual archivistic storage or opening projects or, because it just... Chrome is just trash as a web browser, so I can't do a bunch of stuff. So I have to move it into another browser. And at any rate, the Brave is getting a new version of its sync, and it'll let me migrate. It'll, it will automatically synchronize my bookmarks. Now, I had a bad experience. It ended up duplicating all my bookmarks because <laughs> I like force turned it on for a beta version of it. and Well, whatever. I was dumb. And so... It's not, I had whatever, few dozen bookmarks, so it doesn't really matter. At any rate, it's, it's just been re-released and it, it supposedly works again, so I gotta try it again. But my, my problem has been, and I gotta get this solved, I really have to. And I hope it doesn't, I hope it doesn't suck. One of the reasons that Brave is, is very interesting and why Minion is supposed to have already installed it, to, like yesterday, is it has a feature for uh, ad revenue sharing because the, the notion is so advertising stinks and I've already like in my own, I, I made a video in my own channel some time ago that, that where I know the technology to completely obsolete the concept of advertising, visual advertising can go away. Um, but I mean, it's, that's not entirely true, but advertising, the idea of advertising at, for as a website, the idea of a website selling advertising to, for it to gain revenue can go away because there are mechanisms in place that would let your web browser do like Bitcoin mining um, and that money to go to the, to go to a website. So at, so you could, as a user, choose to not see ads in exchange for your web browser crunching some numbers on behalf of that website. You could have that relationship. And, uh, that, and that technology exists. It was actually, it was a, a nefarious deed done in the background, but th this one technology was developed to do that back in the background. And it, but it demonstrates that it's actually physically possible. It is in reality doable. And, um, and that could obsolete visual ads for certain websites. So you wouldn't get these gigantic pop-ups on 
No, oh, I see you're using an ad blocker. Please turn it off on so many websites. It's, and, and just no, no, I, I don't want to. I'm sorry. It isn't, I just don't want to. And I don't want to, I, no, just no. I, I'm, it's, it's weird. Maybe I'm just one of these privileged old schoolers where everything was free because that's just how the world worked. That's how the internet worked. But I mean, I'm mellowing out. I'm getting a little bit better. And Braves is an experiment to allow ads to happen. But what happens is for Brave, I get paid to see those ads. So I'm incentivized in a sense. And I'm allowed to turn on a feature where it can give me banner ads like notifications on my phone in exchange for money, literally in exchange for dollars in us dollars in this case. And they have uh, built relationships with, a, I think three other companies now that lets them, um, that uses their, it's what's called a basic attention token bat. And that these other services actually respect that currency and will translate it over into various other digital currencies, so cryptocurrencies. So if you wanted to turn the, the bat into um, Bitcoin or into whatever the heck, and some of these websites are like, uh, I know people aren't really going to understand slash like slash whatever these ideas, but they will let you do market trading between different cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. So I actually have the ability to generate revenue bottled in the web browser when the functionality exists because uh, i i have three different accounts for this for brave essentially and they're all doing their own thing but if i get the sync working i can actually push all that into one wallet and it, it's just it the revenue is generated across the different devices hopefully i will have triple a user account for in terms of generation because i have three different interfaces Hopefully that will stay, but I can take that, take those funds, use them on one of these finance trading services and then put it into, and then like play the market, so to speak. So that's actually doable. And maybe that'll be an interesting little hobby to investigate, but probably not. But I am trying to figure out, because if, if I can take this and I can convert it into Bitcoin, I could actually use that to purchase real world items or something like that, um, rather than... What you can do with um, Brave is you can associate it with an, uh, an account from a, a website called uphold.com and uphold will let you take the bat and convert it into currency and just, I guess it would let you pull it down into a debit or a credit card or whatever. I'm not sure how that works internationally though. So, cause I'm Canadian and I'm pretty sure it's an American company. And so, so I'm, I mean, I'm looking into all that kind of stuff. And what's interesting about Brave specifically and the BAT uh, currency is that that can be put into, you can sign up for it as a way of accepting tips. So what can happen is I'm, I, I'm, I'm dismissing notifications on my browser. Like I literally was looking at it and I got one that popped up right now. So that's awesome. And so I will take that take my attention and now I can take the quote unquote money that I earned and I can donate it to as a tip to a YouTube channel, for example. And I just get that feature built into my web browser when I'm looking at the video or the channel for somebody that has signed up to receive those. And that that is a closed loop 
a a wonderful way for me to tip somebody without really spending money technically. So if you're poor, if you want to, this is not a job. You will not make money off of this. It is, it, it you, like it might be dollars a month. It might be. But, uh, and you might be able to do that and then just tip a tiny bit of money to, to a website as a way of saying thank you. Or you might just keep it for yourself and you know, think about transferring into real world money or thinking about whatever and doing some sort of online purchasing with it. And it becomes real by turning it from your basic attention token, from swiping away ads, from surfing and seeing ads. I think that also generates revenue. You can turn that into real world products. So, so it's actually, it's neat. And I do want Mini to actually get, to get around to getting all this working because that is a way to get tips from, so that is a quote unquote revenue stream, right? And that is one of the, one of the, the hip, new, edgy ways of doing things that all the cool kids are doing. And it, it exists. It's a thing. It's all over the place. And Mini needs to do it and cook it into like the website, for example. It's just whatever you, Minion, make an account for us. They install the install the damn web browser. Consider up consider like signing up to uphold and then go through the brave process, which I'll go and find, and then say, hey, our YouTube channel, we want to monetize it into into bat tips, and away we go. And that and then what I'll do is I'll probably take all my tips from all over the place and and push that in to tip the lucid indifference account. And so as our tests. And so I want to, I want to get all that stuff done because those are the, I mean, maybe this is the administrative stuff, but those are the sorts of things that, that content producers need to create. I'm not seeing countdown. Are we on break already? We're supposed to be on break. Mumbly what? We're supposed to be on break. Okay. So why don't we take that break right now and we'll be back in, well, apparently eight minutes. See you then. And I'm back. Greetings, lurkers and bots. I think we actually have a real person in there. Hi. Uh, normally, segment three is pretty techy, pretty administrivia, talking about the stream, this kind of stuff. I've got leftover things I want to talk about. Um, I think I want to move my mic. Maybe that'll get rid of some of the bass that I was hearing earlier from one of the car stereos outside. But I've been doing audio treatment and learning a little bit more about the audio engineering side of things. Because while there is a live side of this, this get, does get recorded and pulled back to disc. And I do have the opportunity of, of, of performing audio engineering, performing like post editing stuff to uh, get it cleaned up, get it nicer so that it can be put up. Technically, this is supposed to be a traditional podcast, but right now it's just streamed. We're only on Twitch here for now. And then it's cleaned up and it's put on YouTube only for now. Now, the idea is to develop a relationship with like the Apple people and get it on uh, to get it through their platform. But that has met with some interesting problems because there are assumptions about how that technology works. And apparently they are cheapskates and don't even host the audio that they serve out to other people, which is extremely strange to me. And there's other ways of hosting either audio or audio and video. And because I'm, I'm a, I actually have a face, 
and I've done streaming before. I've got a webcam right there on its own little separate stand. It's not like teetering off the edge of my monitor. And one, one of the reasons I got a stand for my webcam as a, like I wanted to film in my kitchen and put it there and move it around. I want it to be articulate to get angles. And I've, I've actually got a lighting boom arm over there that I got all the threading attachments for and stuff like that. So I can put either my webcam or my microphone on that. And I've got, sorry, I've got all kinds of like cool toys. And it's one of the problems is I'm perfectly capable of doing a lot of the research and even purchases for stuff without actually having this stuff get done. So I, I happen to have my webcam on a little stand screwed in, threaded in. So because the monitor that I got, the replacement that I'm using actually has almost no bezel. So putting a webcam on top of this kind of monitor means the little lip that's meant to keep it from falling backwards, that little lip it's, it's like the notch on a phone, right? If you've got a center notch on a mobile phone, it, it basically blots out this top section of your phone. It looks absolutely terrible, which is why I find a, uh, a, a top corner notch more acceptable. Or in my particular case, I don't even have a notch. The, the system has been modified so that the, the, the non-displayed section of the phone isn't just isn't that corner where there's a camera it's just a little circle exactly where the camera is so i actually still have the display peeks throughout the edge which and that seamless experience it looks a lot better so there's just kind of like a hole in the top corner everything's shifted over unless you're in the bios boot up screen which which i find kind of embarrassing where where it actually just punches a hole through some of the text which is hilarious but at least it's in english at any rate New cameras are getting uh, flip-up phones where you use the the back phones and they flip up to be used as selfie cameras, which uh, I approve of as long as they're uh, sturdy, right? And apparently that's a thing that's been pretty much solved. So I'm kind of happy for other people. I don't do the selfie thing, but I do have a face. I do have a camera. Technically speaking, this should be a stream with a person with a face. It is not. That's probably why we don't end up having too many people. It's too bad uh, we don't get too many return visits. Most of our our listeners are listeners, not watchers, are listeners in off of the YouTube channel or off of other, other channels when we, we send it around privately, for example. At any rate, so normally we do administrivia, but I've got more stuff to talk about, I suppose, if I want to. Um, I just moved my microphone, for example, and I don't know if the audio is going to be inconsistent between segments one and two and three. So maybe I did a really dumb thing there. Oh, well, I get, you know, it's somebody else's, it's future self's problem. So, uh, uh, but it's yet another couple of hundred dollar purchase to get a different arm. So it articulates a little bit better. And I think I want to move it back over to the right hand side of my, my arrangement, but I got a, mo so, so how do I describe my setup? Okay, so I've got my screen in front of me, obviously, but I have a second monitor. Presently, I've got the second monitor with like the chat and the moderation stuff on the right-hand side. So my monitor is to my right. My, my microphone is to my left because there's a technically a blank space there because I don't have a third monitor over there right now. If I do get different monitor, if I do get a new central monitor, it's got to be curved. It's got to be really nice on the eyes and it's got to be low power. So it's low heat. And then I'll take these two other almost bezel-less monitors, I'll flip them over to be 
um, instead of horizontal, it's sort of like a traditional monitor, they'll be flipped on their end so that they're, they're like paper flipped that way and that they'll be nudged right up. So I, I will have some weird concerns then, but right now my microphone went on my left because there's space there. Um, but, I, but I've got a window over on my right hand side and I'm getting vibrations from the window through cars. Traffic isn't so big a deal, but having a, a base mobile with a giant trunk with a sound system and there are people like sitting out there or doing stuff and they just leave the damn thing on and I'll get all the stuff through the walls, through the window and into the mic because the mic is kind of pointed in the direction of the window. So what I want to do is I want to move the mic back all the way over there, but I've got a monitor there. So I got some problems, right? And the reason my monitor is over there is because of other kind of nuances about the way the room works and the way the lighting works. And I've got scoliosis. It's very gentle. And what that is, is that's a, a twisting, a curvature in the spine that's not typical. And it's really serious for some people. It's, it's so serious they require like surgery and some really, it's kind of like creepy, spine tingly, hair raising stuff that they would have to go through in order to have a better posture. And I'm not bad at all. I don't need help or anything, but I do have this natural twist where if I wear a t-shirt for long enough, I, sorry, it's, it's old habit. I'll actually tuck my t-shirt into my pants. I try not to do that anymore, but I still, but if it's like a regular, like a golf shirt or something like that, an at more adult shirt, I will tuck it in. And, uh, if I, if later, if I go and look at it, like so I can launder it and then come back and then wear it and, and on and on. So after a year or whatever, I come back and I look at it and I will lay it flat. The seams will be rotated around because my hips and back and spine are rotated in weird ways. So when I tuck it into my pants, it actually tugs on the shirt. And when I move in certain ways, it tugs on the shirt and it actually stretches and migrates and permanently shifts the seams on a shirt. So when I lay it flat, you can actually see them shifted. It's, it's the, it's the weirdest thing to have noticed when I was young at any rate, because of that, because of that, the monitor being on my right is more comfortable for me to turn and look to because that's how my spine works. So, so maybe, maybe I, maybe I want to like resist all this. Maybe I want to put the monitor on one side and resist my scoliosis and kind of turn that way. Maybe that will really hurt my back. Like, yeah, maybe I'll experiment. I'm young enough that I'll recover from that dumb experiment. At any rate, if I were to move my microphone, I'd get two advantages. I'd get the microphone um, would be pointed away from the, the window, be pointed away. Plus it's got a cardioid shape, which is a heart pattern where it tries to minimize the audio from a direction. So it tries to minimize the audio from the back side of the microphone. Cause this is, this is capable of doing 360 recording. It's a stereo microphone, all this kind of stuff. I don't have to talk into it. Like you would with other microphones, it can just hear the room. And so I can point it differently and it can kind of mute out the sound. But the other thing that I wanted to mention, the reason why I wanted to talk about that. And the reason I brought up earlier, the audio editing that I had been doing is I have learned a little bit more about the, the post editing experience. So right now the audio that people are getting is, is nowhere near as good as it will be on 
uh, YouTube, for example, after I get my claws into it. And we haven't update. I don't think we've uploaded. Maybe we've uploaded our first show that had editing, but it was it was a it was a bad show that had bad audio and had to be heavily edited. So it's not as good as it's going to be in the future. Not that it's going to be great. So, okay. So, the reason I brought up the audio, the reason I talked about the bass outside, is there's something I learned about called a high pass filter, and it goes by a few different names, like a rumble filter and some stuff like that. And the reason it's called a high pass filter because there's such something called a low pass filter, a high, so the human vocal range only goes so far. It's lyrical only out to certain ranges and it's different for everybody, but for all humans, it's, it's in this certain range and it doesn't really matter what language a person is speaking, for example. And maybe there are subtleties for languages that have like clicks, things like this. There's some weird sounds that a human, the, the structure of a human human's throat etc mouth can do right but so maybe those those are a little different but um there are sounds outside those ranges that aren't important so that aren't important for just like this is about my voice this isn't about the background sound this isn't about music because there's none in the background it's just me and so technically speaking what i can do is i can understand that that fact of physics and I can cut out, I can do audio editing to cut out the sound that occurs outside that range. Because I can know for a fact that my vocal range, no matter how loud or soft I am, no matter how high pitched or how deep I am, if I've got a different kind of throat that day and my voice is a little bit pulled down, that doesn't matter. I can actually do the editing software to cut out all the things that quote unquote aren't human. So I can cut out the audio that's in the background. So I think what I'm going to be doing will be able to pull that out. That'll just be inaudible. I'm probably going to do that plus manually hand edit some stuff. Uh, I'll have to see what happens. My audio editing workflow is a little, I mean, it really does depend on how much hard drive space we want to use, which is a problem that I'm facing more and more. Um, Cause I've been doing things to be quite frugal and I th I'm thinking maybe I can't do that anymore. I think I have to do the audio editing up front. And then as I listen and as I do hand cuts to pull out clips and stuff, make notes. I think, I think if I do the audio editing up front, then it will naturally kill all the stuff that I had been wasting time on before so that I won't have to do stuff by hand. Yeah. So I can't kind of been doing anything, everything out of order to save hard drive space. At any rate, at any rate, there's more I could talk about that, but but we don't have an audience that's asking questions about that right now. So I talked about putting my ugly mug on the screen and one of the challenges has been, so I've done that before and understanding how to do that is, it's not obvious. One of the reasons is, so right now I'm in a room with terrible lighting and I'm going to solve that because I got some nice light bulbs and I'm going to going to add another light bulb up there and I'm going to brighten the room and all this kind of stuff. So there are certain considerations of lighting. And the reason there are is because when a camera is subject to a low light environment, it makes do, but you end up with a grainy, uh, grainy picture. This happens both with photographs and with uh, webcams, with cameras in general. And I don't know if it happens with film cameras and I don't understand a lot of that stuff. I was thinking about getting into, into photography at one point, but that did not work out. 
Um, I chose to not do that. But some of the knowledge kind of stuck around. Some of the, you know, when you're interested, you learn a little bit, right? I, I didn't get into it. I didn't learn it as such. I, I got a bunch of DVDs that would help me learn a little bit more. And I, I recognize some of the words. Um, but I don't really know my stuff. But I do understand, I did look up lighting in particular because I saw this problem. And I saw this problem with this space. You know, I've had bedrooms where I've tried this experiment before and I've moved to different places and you get, the lighting is bad. And so one of the problems is lighting. And, and as soon as you have nice bright lighting, you get other problems. You get shadows that are deep, that are sharp. And those can be a serious problem. And I shave my head. Right? And if I shave my head, then you've got a large area of skin. And a large area of skin that is specifically in the upper direction where your lights are. And so you're going to get um, certain problems of washing out the, the texture, or you're going to get the glare. Glare is classic. And so what a lot of YouTubers will do, and you just look carefully, they'll wear a hat. <laughs> And, and that's that's a good solution. <laughs> I'm not going to wear a hat. I don't look good with a hat. Um, I'm thinking about wearing a hat. Because there's some... If I do it right and I wear the cert... So first off, I'll get the yelled at for wearing the hat. But there's a very specific kind of uh, almost entirely unknown method of doing audio that nobody knows about for some reason. And it's the absolute best trick ever. Um, and it does involve wearing a hat. And as weird as it sounds, and it's like professional, it's like almost professional level audio stuff that requires a hat. And it would be, it would be absolutely hilarious for me to come out with that. And I'm totally not going to spoil it here because it's just unbelievably weird. And, uh, and so I'm, but I'm not going to wear a hat. I'm, that's just not going to happen anytime soon. So I've got to deal with, an, with having no hair, right? And it's not necessarily an oily skin issue, but that's absolutely there. So people would have it. It's just like you have oil on your face. It is amplified on a scalp. And normally you'd have hair and it would wick out into your hair. That's what gives you quote unquote shiny or oily hair. That's why people will very regularly, very thoroughly wash their hair. It's technically not necessary, but it depends on your circumstances. And we have phenomenal technology for, for hair stuff. So. We don't, that, those aren't concerns. So no big deal. Unless you're a model or something like that, then you just, please shower. Shower twice a day. Like wake up at three in the morning, shower, live your day, come home, shower. Like just, just enjoy. Well, okay, right. So this is the conversation about me being in Canada and us being water rich. So. Did you say three in the morning? I, I used to do that, man. I would wake up at three in the morning. I would have a shower. I can't anymore because it'll, it'll bother people. But I, I would go out dousing these days. I would do that as well. But I can't because I'd have to walk through the kitchen with a bucket of water, <laughs> which, which I can't, I can't like fill, I can't fill it in my bathtub and I can't run the tap from the balcony. So I'm thinking about going outside, even if I have to in the dead of winter, filling up like like filling up directly from the tap so it doesn't freeze in a hose, a bucket of water out in the backyard and just dousing at three in the morning. And if there's anybody that's awake that can peek into the backyard going, what's, what's this? That is the most Canadian thing to do ever. 
which uh, which is totally not true. It is it is from elsewhere. Anyway, at anyway, that's one way to wake yourself up and to go out minus twenty and throw water over your face and then run the hell, <laughs> resist running inside. But yeah, you'd run. Things to feel proud of. I suppose I wouldn't consider it an accomplishment, but boy, do you have to change psychologically and even physically to be able to do something like that. So it has a major impact in the rest of, of how you appear and how you think it's a, and I happen to have been able to do it and it's stuck. So I can, I don't necessarily have to do it to reinforce a habit or it's, uh, it's, it's like a meditative process in a sense, but I can hold on to that for longer. One of the advantages of being a morning lark. So what was I talking about? Wow. Yes, this is me. This is, I'm never going to change. So I was talking about a hat and I was talking about lighting. So one of the, I've, I have done ongoing research considering how to make myself look good. Okay. Look less bad on camera. And so that's other than, so I've got the habit of not particularly shaving my head very frequently or shaving my face very frequently, which are bad habits that I should be solving and being on camera, having a twice a week show is quite a motivator for me cleaning my stuff up. So lighting is an issue. So what you do is you move the lighting from, you have a, you, you lower it and you make it more dis, diffuse from above. That's not going to solve your head glare problem. That's something else for later. What you do is you do clamshell lighting, which is you take two lights as bright as you can make them, push them as far behind your camera as you can get them at 45 degree angles from your subject and you make them diffuse. So normally you would, man, this stuff is expensive, but there are diffusion filters. So they're like, um, I mean, heck you, if they're far enough away that they don't catch on fire, you can do like uh, tracing paper or something like that. You just want to take that really bright light and scatter it and really, really soften it to make it go from a really, really harsh rays going right through to your target to being a diffuse set of cones that are just gently washing over everything. And you want them clamshelled in front and to the sides. You want them clamshelled because you want them to, um, to each one of them. So if you've got a light on your, the right side of your face, it will cast a shadow across the left hand because you've got, you've got no light over there, right? You've got some overhead light, but you've got nothing over there. So you have, if you have one to your right and one to your left, they kind of cancel each other out. So you end up not having these weird sharp, sharp angular shadows all over the place. And you have just a general light uh, above you. Some people think about lighting from behind you, pointing to your wall back there to help bring up the wall because you're going to cast weird shadows into the background too because of the way your lighting is. And, and so that's why there, if you see a professional uh, photography shoot, if you ever get a behind the scenes thing where you can actually see the, the, someone with a camera and you can see the setup you might see a green screen or whatever the heck you will see all kinds of lighting all over the place at different heights and with these gigantic filters and many many different stands and and it's it's thinking about these things is really complicated but just being a dude in front of a webcam with a desk these days is not good enough because there's visual competition and I'm a decent enough looking guy. If I have enough excuse to like be happy on screen, then that's probably a pretty alluring thing. But if I mess up the lighting, 
I mean, that, there's competition in terms of getting a nice clear picture. You can get a very expensive webcam. It is not going to make up for, we don't have the tech yet. It's not going to make up for, even if it's a selling point, it's not going to make up for having terrible lighting. It's always going to look kind of off, kind of bad. You can tweak all kinds of settings. There's like during filming settings that you can do for a lot of webcams where you can tweak some of the stuff. It will, it will always look wrong. Little, it'll look bad. You'll get things washed out, bleached, whatever. So it's best to treat everything well up front so that, uh, man, I would not want to do video. I don't want to learn video post-production. Oh God, please don't. <laughs> okay. So, so if you want to avoid a hat, you got to think about lighting. If you got to think about lighting, maybe you got to get some, I can do it with a couple of desk lamps. And because I've got my webcam on a stand, I can put my webcam, I can put my webcam on the front edge of my desk with my lighting way back there, like on the corners of my desk. And I can take my chair and I can move myself back and I can, or I could stand actually, which is, I think better when I stand. So I'm even for this podcast, I'm thinking about, well, I did tests and I know how to get my microphone up on a boom arm. And I know how to put my camera uh, and I know how to, where to move in my room. And I got rid of my exercise bike, which I probably shouldn't have admitted to giving up and getting rid of my exercise bike, but, um, it was old and used and I, it, I, I let it pass onto the next realm. And so I've got the space back there now and I've got a nice background. All, all this, all this, all this, all this. So I have less and less excuses. So we're coming up on the time when I should be streaming. I'm not quite sure how to do it because I really like scene transitions. So I might just stream it through, oh God, stream it just raw through Discord. Sounds like an awful idea. We might have to actually move the streaming setup to flip it, to push it either on my end where I control it, which I don't want to do, or use some other, I don't I like using talks or something like that to, to get video, if we can do video calls that way. I kind of examined that, but things are a little complicated. So that's, that's for the future. So things are always going to be weird. So probably terrible quality, like terrible resolution type quality through discord is probably the next thing to do. But, and I thought about it. I forgot to bring it up uh, last time. I guess first question is minion. There's no countdown timer. Is everything okay? Uh, I took it off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying we should take it off on the last part if we're all, essentially if we're on Edmund's trivia, it's essentially just a wind down at that point. Well, no, okay, no, because um, I, because it can still be a defined cutoff point because uh, our viewers, listeners, in, in this case viewers, should know when they can expect us to stop. Because I still want this to be a hard deadline, and the idea is uh, people have lives. So if they can rely on this with it very rarely going over and, and sometimes going under and just ending early, if they can rely on this, it's all about being reliable. I mean, I'd like you to learn that lesson one day, maybe <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. I, I think it's the other way where I'd like the people to not rely on me. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, um, I mean, if you were independently wealthy, you can get away with that, but you can't, you aren't, you can't, you probably won't ever be because I think you should, 
I think you know why. Yes. <laughs> but you don't want to be, right? <laughs> That's okay. No, not really. That's fine. Make do. Um, at any rate, the reason I was bringing up my, my, my face and webcams and lighting, I'm thinking about all this kind of stuff, all this kind of stuff, because what I do here is also kind of a hobby in the background. I, I invest more of, of my interest in things when I'm pursuing things. So I was actually looking into, well, is that it? Is there anything else that I can do for for filming or for photographing, right? Is, is there anything else I can know? And yeah, okay, of course makeup's a thing. I knew that makeup's a thing because I knew that there were these like powders because this one guy was talking about all this stuff and he was talking about there was like some kind of powder that he would use and it was hard for the people that he was photographing for him to talk about not calling it makeup because you know dude bros don't want to have makeup yo and so it's it's a challenge right it and there's all kinds of other challenges like for a person with hair you might have hair that is too glossy so you actually have to have like just a little bit of of uh like the dry shampoo that can be run through a hair and cleaned out to get rid of the shine so that that stuff exists so I was uh, watching this one YouTuber because I was doing research on this topic and uh, learning a little bit more. And so I, I, uh, it's kind of, I don't, so I know when women are wearing makeup that it's an illusion. I understand that. It, but the thing is, I want to, to play into the illusion. So I don't really like pulling the curtain back and understanding the mechanics of things. So I don't, even though it's pretty girls, I don't want to watch like makeup, makeup tutorials or anything like that. And I don't want to watch these, uh, what are they called? Oh, man. women have these like getting ready for the day things and they're wildly popular. So you'll get, depending on how random your searches are, you'll get them recommended every once in a while. And and I will just avoid them. I will avoid them because I don't want to understand those mechanics. But I, I, when it's a man presenting it to me for men and it's for a specialized topic and it's not really getting into any of the illusory stuff, then okay, I can, I can handle it. I can handle that. And so this one YouTuber was that I found talking about this particular subject. He... Um, he was talking about a set of things that he uses. So the first concern that exists is the, the thing that generates the reflection is oil. So an oil remover, blotting paper of some sort. And there's there are some choices. And they're actually remarkably expensive. Like everything is. Like the industries have taken so much advantage of women's vanity that everything becomes really expensive for no particular reason. And although there are some products that come in that are like, oh, we're the new upstarts will come in and, and just blow the market away by having something that's really inexpensive because there's nothing justifying its price. But there is such a deep grasp on the psyche of the market that they they will just be seen as being inferior, even though they're not. So already this stuff is being presented and he'll start talking. 
because it's a man. So he'll start actually talking about some of these things rather openly. Like you can get this, but this will work. It's, it's, it isn't quite as good. So if I were doing extremely high-end professional stuff, I would get this, but it's expensive. So normally I would just use this. And so he'll talk like that, which is, which is wonderful to hear from a professional because he does his own streaming, but he also does professional, professional work. And when you're doing, when you're being paid thousands of dollars for a photo shoot, um, having a kit with ludicrously expensive stuff, just so you can use certain things for certain specialized circumstances, you should have that stuff. Like it, it you don't, you bring your all. You bring your all for a lot of that stuff, for professional stuff, because there's there's even more things that are happening behind the scenes. When you're hired to do something, you should also understand that you're also building a long-term relationship with that person and with other people associated with that, with that kind of work. It's not just that one job. So sometimes you, you and this is, this is not for when you're starting out because you don't have the investment for this kind of stuff just yet. But if you're, if you're in a mature business, you don't cheap out on this stuff. You get the absolute best results and you don't, you just don't skimp. So, th but this guy was talking about what, well, what do you do? And he's got this array of stuff and he just like pans the camera and it's just this confusing array of stuff. And it's, he's like, okay, look, I only use these things. And he, he pulls out, he pulls out three things. One is blotting paper. One is this powder. I, I should I should probably look at this stuff while I'm talking. And I I will. I'll actually pull pull up an Amazon wish list if I can. Okay, so while I'm talking, I'm gonna pull up the Amazon wish list, where and we're not gonna we're not gonna show this on screen, thankfully. And the other was a a, a powder, like one of these you know circular things with this kind of powder inside, and he's and the other was a brush, so. So what is it? So one of these like big blending brushes is what it's called. And the other is a matte powder. And there's all kinds of weird layers and interactions and stuff that women do. And like, I happen to dislike almost all of it. So I, that's another reason that I just don't like, uh, like I don't find women that use a lot of make makeup attractive. I just find it gaudy. And, but there is a lot of straightforward, basic everyday stuff that, that are kind of like basics that there's the no makeup makeup, the no makeup look. And so the, uh, a, a matte powder is a, is it's like a shine control thing. And it, it can, obviously it's for a face, right? But it also works very well on somebody who either has like, so receding hair, for example. So there's going to be that space just up, up to the hairline that can be useful. And, uh, but for somebody who's either, so there is a completely bald appearance and there is the mostly bald appearance where a man will have just that, like, you know, like five o'clock shadow, but on the head. So, so for men that have that style. So this part powder also works for that. And just gets blended in rather lightly and, and there's a bunch of different kinds and all this kind of crap, right? So it's a skin tone issue. Um, where, where, how many are there? Why is that one labeled 31? I don't know if there are 31 shades of human, but I, whatever, somebody counted. I don't want to guess at what sort of person counted how many shades of human there are. 
whatever. Five, six, seven, eight. There are nine different kinds of, of just that. And there's a reason why if you go to like one of these, or what are they called? Like not a makeup aisle, what are they called? Like a farm, so in Canada we've got pharmacies and they often have absolutely beauty section yeah they've got they've got like that so it's not like a grocery store so women would get makeup from a pharmacy that happens that that has like half or a third of the the entire place full of and and that's because they're like there are seven varieties just this particular product and this is just one thing you know there's however many different brands right so these are the, the two things that are talked about. And then it's like, well, and then he goes through a bunch of other stuff. He's like, well, you could get like this kind of talcum powder and there's like mists and body powder and stuff. But he's like, oh, you know, but I just use baby powder and, th and this little puff ball. <laughs> and I'm looking through that little puff ball is $10, <laughs> is $10 Canadian. But, but like, wow, people are getting gouged with this crap. And I could just use like, like toilet paper and baby powder and just kind of like figure it out this is what guys would do but but he's showing me the proper way of doing it so i'm trying to like desperately building an amazon shopping list full of his advice and there's like okay well and if you want to do a little bit more well you should think about moisturizing like oh moisturizing because i i have dry skin everywhere except on my face and scalp where i have oily skin and I don't care. So, and that's kind of a, like, I don't know how many men just don't care. Cause, cause what, if we're doing it, okay. If we admit that we're doing it because you know, we want to be attractive, if we're doing it because we want to be attractive, that's why women are doing it. If, we, if men want to do it, do something, then they'll what, like get a better car or their workout or something like this. And that's because market pressures have certain demands and it's going to be individual to a person. But I, I have only known one man who wears makeup and I know that's becoming more of a thing and, you know, hopefully it becomes a better, like it just gently nudges in that direction. And this isn't some, like, and it isn't becoming an, uh, it isn't a femininity issue. It's just a, an allowance for this type of product line for men. But it's really not, it's not a thing anyway. So moisturizer even is just isn't a thing for almost any men. So, and if a man were to think about moisturizing, it would have to be built into the soap or something. And, and that would be acceptable. Um, in my case, I don't like any of that stuff for all kinds of reasons. The biggest one is I can't stand the smell of anything. It's just awful. I can't handle it lingering over me. I will smell it. I can smell myself. So moisturizer was also brought up. I'm like, okay, well, I'm already, I'm too moist. Why would my scalp want to be moist? But apparently if you, if you wash really well and then put on, a, but it's a certain kind of moisturizer. And the moisturizer is, um, so there's, there's two qualities that have to be in a good moisturizer for this purpose. So we're talking about a scalp, okay? So the first is a fast absorbing and some reference to being non-greasy and because you're going to get um moisturizer that's like the special oatmeal based or something like that and it, it will moisturize but it will also make the it will 
moisturize and protect, let's say, and it will leave a, a I don't want to say it's going to leave a residue, but it's going to leave the skin in a certain state that will be glossy compared to what's possible. And so this other kind of, of lotion, which I had to look up and understand, and it's actually not very expensive because lotions tend to be highly competitive. They tend to be like, and this is access, quote unquote accessible to men. So it tends to be, uh, there is a straightforward version of stuff. It doesn't, it's not upsold as being, hey, you're the best, pay extra money because you deserve it. it. It's none of that nonsense marketing. So this stuff is pretty cheap. And this stuff, uh, it, I'm, I'm not going to build like an Amazon referral list for all these products that I will talk about, blah, blah. But it is, it, this stuff exists and, and it's really inexpensive. So that's the other thing I might think about. But what's interesting is this, this does get out, in, out into proper makeup territory where you start getting like a misting spray, like a matting misting spray under certain circumstances would be good. Then you start thinking about, well, how long will this last? How long will you be on camera? Will you be sweating? Will you be outside? Um, there's powders. Like I'm looking at this powder. So I like, yeah, I can point it. I can point at baby powder over there and it's so inexpensive. I have to buy it in bottles of two and get it Amazon delivered. Okay. But I'm looking here on Amazon at, at body powder. It is no joke, $46 and 32 cents Canadian, right? For, I don't even, that's not even a big container and it's talcum powder okay well but it's it's actually unscented talcum powder unscented dry shampoo foot powder talc free powder with domestic clay powder and arrowroot now what arrowroot is is it starch it's if you bake with and and it calls for uh and so you like your your thickening uh gravy or something like that <laughs> it, Arrowroot powder is just a substitute and it's really not very expensive at all. So I don't, I mean, okay, it, it's got clay powder and it's talc free. Okay. How's it talc, talc free talcum powder? <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> but it's like, it, but it's like just manly man enough. They're like, well, we'll, <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. But that is an example, and that I'm I'm leaving that on my on my on that particular specialized wish list just to remind me of how dumb things are. Because I go down down this list, I'm like, and I built my list in such a way that it's like inexpensive, common, and most uh, return on investment. So, most immediate, most most useful, easiest to use, this kind of stuff. And then I go down and down and down for for it to be. Uh, less important or too expensive or not or like it's circumstantial or something like that it gets pushed further and further down and if i get rich or something like that like i'm, I'm actually getting patrons or something and i can justify the funding for some of these things then i might experiment with something else but boy is that stuff going that's that's not far enough down this list actually but there's uh like the next one under is called dude body powder. <laughs> it's only $25 <laughs> and it's, it's cornstarch. <laughs> it's cornstarch, man. It's just like guys. <laughs> no, just no. 
I could literally buy cornstarch from the grocery store and just, just if you get one of your $10 puff bowls, <laughs> which is still too much, and just be very careful to not add too much. Because if you add too much, it's, it, you'll you see it, which is awful. And, and just like puff a little bit on. It's, I, I bet you couldn't tell the difference. Uh, it's just, you, you could talk about how dumb this stuff is and get that nice smile that I've got. You could probably hear me smiling about this. Good Lord. And that would be more attractive than, than, wearing, than wearing this $46.32 nonsense. But the, the next thing to consider is this stuff where you're actually getting into makeup material. It's called primer. And, and the, the problem with makeup is it, there are layers and there's blends and there's places on the face and you just go, I have watched makeup videos before, right? So I, I do understand some things and, um, but I don't, when I look at a woman, I don't look at these things. I don't look for these things. I actually can't think straight. So I can't think about seeing these things, which is just great. Um, I will see terrible eyebrows and I will see color contacts and things like that. But I don't, I, cause I'm just not attracted to bombshells that have, have that wear masks of product. I don't like that in the first place. So I, this isn't too much of a spoiler for me. So the next thing is primer, which is theoretically possible. Um, which, and some of these are, are made for like filling in pores and stuff like that, but there's actual specialized shine control stuff. And because this is a very basic, very common low tech thing, it's cheap. So I found stuff that's 10 bucks for 30 milliliters. So that's uh, one fluid ounce. And it's like pore minimizing, which isn't important, but it's shine controlling, which is, and I don't know why they, they, they talk about this stuff, but like hydrating feel. Like, what are you trying to sell me, guys? Like smooth skin? Like, what are you trying to sell me here? Okay, so the pore minimizing and the smooth skin thing are because this is an undercoat. <laughs> I should be talking in terms of, of painting cars. And so this, this is literally primer, like primer in your car before you paint with other makeup, but a primer alone for specialized spot gloss removal, if, cause this is applied by a finger again, I'm a dude. I don't want extra toys, extra tools to, to deal with this. So just blend it in with a finger. And I, and this has nothing to do with skin tone, which is my concern. Cause I've got, I have an atypical skin tone. And so. Um, I would have to have like a transparent, uh, matte powder and this stuff doesn't matter. And everything else is like magic mist and the magic mist here is it's six bucks. Like, okay, awesome. So I can do all this, but I'm looking further into this other stuff. Like Peter Thomas Roth, max anti shine, mattifying gel, one, one ounce, one ounce, $51 and 94 cents. <laughs> what what um and another oil metaphor mattifier for only 24 dollars like and i think he went on a little bit with some some other types of things but because i don't need makeup makeup i just need anti-shine and so it's just lighting and just this makeup stuff and away you go <laughs> 
So I've been holding off on ranting about this makeup thing for for a couple of shows now. Oh man, it was uh, it is angering to know just how. I'll, I'll end I'll end with the diamond argument. So diamonds are worthless. Diamonds are common. Like there are asteroids just made of diamond. They're like they're all it's just the natural state of carbon that's been under pressure. It's it's not hard to find, it's not hard to process. We can even manufacture this stuff, although it has to be done in secret, because there's a cabal of one company that controls the pricing of diamonds by going and buying up buying it up everywhere on earth and controlling it and cutting it but not doing anything with it and selling it particularly to women who think it's valuable because expensive things are important to like it's buying from apple right okay now the entire makeup industry was like that and it angers me to 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 know that i could walk through entire aisles of places and everything is uh is overinflated or over-engineered is unnecessary well first off it's unnecessary all of it's technically unnecessary so you can see that industry probably getting tanked because of quote-unquote non-essential and once people once once the world catches on that that life's gonna suck uh, people are not going to spend their money on non-essentials anymore and People are going to discover how much of their lives are not essential. It's going to be fascinating. The makeup industry is going to suffer because of this. Also because people are wearing masks outside. And it's actually the law in some places. So what you wearing makeup for? Okay. Good. So we know lipstick is going to, going to leave. Just going to be gone. So it, it saddens me walking past these aisles knowing that there are a whole lot of people being ripped off on a non-essential service and okay, I'm biased. I happen to like women that either don't wear any makeup at all, but good luck finding women that, that like, it is such a, uh, an effective enhancement that it is hard to find women that wouldn't so dramatically benefit that they just shouldn't wear. So, if, so anyhow, um, it, it saddens me about the inefficiency and about people being taken advantage of very much like like a man is a slave for three months in order to buy for a worthless rock to get married with that is that i am i am depressed at knowing that that is a thing that there are these rocks that represent slavery that are, are on fingers that shouldn't be there because they're not valuable and they were they're there for the wrong reason so i walk past these aisles of makeup knowing that there are a lot of people that are doing this that are getting ripped off from products that aren't as valuable as they think that aren't as useful as they think where money's just getting burned and and there are people who who don't eat as well as they should or don't live as happy as they should because they're spending on spending that those resources that attention on makeup instead of like improving social skills or conflict resolution or you know buying a good book instead of buying primer like please um i would uh i would rather live in a world where uh, 
people are more socially adept, more, well, there's a certain kind of intelligence, but more intelligent um, because they're spending things on those things. That is a far more attractive thing than somebody that's, that's just wasting it on makeup. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to end with that comment. So we're going to be back. This is Wednesday. We're going to be back on Sunday. I'm going to see if I can work to get a clip out today, but normally we'll get a clip out every day. You can see us on our YouTube channel. Uh, Minion has finally put in some information in the Twitch channel, but if you're listening to this anywhere, you can get our schedule, you can get our live shows, you can do all this kind of stuff. We'll figure ourselves out one day. If you go to lucidindifference.com, this has been episode number 15. I'll see you guys all next time.